Oh, trendsetters, I am back on episode 517 of the Train Smooth Podcast. My name is Tim Egg, and if you have a question for the show and you're probably thinking, oh, you haven't had an episode for a month and a half, should I send it or not? Very possible it might be another month and a half, but send it through anyway at tim at trainsmooth.com or jump on the website trainsmooth.com on the homepage there. It says something on the lines of submit your questions, click on that bad boy, start typing away all the information you can possibly think of to put in there, links, all sorts of good stuff. And I will be wildly um, internally satisfied for a moment or two that someone wants my opinion. Anyway, uh, it's been crazy this year. I couldn't believe it's been a month and a half since my last episode. I knew it was a while. Um, at work, it, it, between mid-January, easy for me to say, from mid-January through to mid-March, it's what I call silly season. It's just ridiculous. All hands on deck. My, uh, I work for Big Pharma, and um, so we get all the raw materials coming off farmlands um, around that time. So it's all hands on deck, and ju- every single year is generally very busy. And just before um, this season, the, the harvest season started, my boss, who's been here for like 25, 26 years or so, awesome guy, um, left for his dream job. And so it's you know made everything even more hectic and now because i am good at giving um worldly advice i thought i'd drop a bit of one four one one on you guys and just you know if for your uh work environment you can <laughs> learn from every everyone's mistake here at my place yeah i work as i said i work for big pharma we're we're a rather big company and we're owned by an even bigger company and but my department's rather small there's like um, six of us or so in this small department and once my boss left every single one of them except for myself but every single one of them all thought they could do his job and all put their hands up and all applied and all tried stepping over each other and ah it was it, it was getting silly and there was one person who could do the job really well and I, you know, I'm pretty confident to, to say that no one, none of them listened to this, to this episode, podcast, but there's some del- wildly delusional people that thought they could do the job. But anyway, my, my point here being here, if you want a job, want that particular position, you want to promote, get that promotion or so, if you can't do the job as good or if not better than that person, you should never apply for it. Just bite your time, work on extra qualifications or hope they put some you know, dumbass in there first and then he won't last and then you can get in there because it's not going to be as bad then because the standards have dropped or whatever it, is, whatever it could be. But I knew for a fact I couldn't do the job as good. If not, yeah, I definitely couldn't do it better than my boss, old boss. But I couldn't do it as good. So I, the idea of do, putting my hand up never entered my head. Uh, but every one of them did. It was, it, was, it was a bit silly. But anyway, so I just thought I'd drop a bit, a bit of that information onto you guys. Uh, today's question comes from Amir. And I'm pretty confident I've just butchered that name. So sorry, buddy. 
Tim, do you have any triathlete plans which was mainly based around intensity and interval workouts instead of zone two? Can you please share it? Any distance from ITU through to Ironman will do. Um, there's a for starters, there's all sorts of good crap on my website, transmove.com. Um, a lot. Uh, there's a lot of stuff from what pro triathletes are doing. Um, I think I've got a couple of templates there from us. Um, what elite coaches, their systems have. Um, I, I think I might even have a system or two that I've created on there. So have a little play on that side to get to some information. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll say this because you're talking about from what i can gather here you're talking about more high intensity low volume training um it's so um there is a really good video just released two days ago also by lionel sanders where he actually goes into explaining um volume and intensity pretty pretty decent it was probably the best video lionel's done and um but I will say, um, you got to go back to what I I, I often say. You got got to get your volume in through your volume. Got to get your recovery, in. and once you get those two things right, then you can start adding intensity. If um, I'm assuming, because um, you've asked questions in the past about um, Olympic distance training programs and stuff. I, I would assume you're mostly focusing on um, that Olympic distance and sprint distance. So speed becomes more important. I will also add that it's still an endurance-based. Um, so you've got to be... So everything we do, when, when we're talking about intensities, uh, intervals, or why are we doing these intervals? So let, let's take running for instance let's do it, take the um, 10 kilometer olympic distance run that you, that you'll do off the bike so you've, you've swam one point one and a half k's you've cycled 45 k's and now it's the time to do 10 k's so why are we doing intervals for that 10 k's um it, what's the purpose you can go out you let's say you're doing three runs a week for instance uh, um there might be two 40-minute runs and one 90-minute run on, on on the weekend. So the two 40-minute runs are probably going to be intervals. Why why would you do those intervals for? Your general person's going to go, um, your general athlete is going to go, let's get faster, more efficiency. Every, every interval we do um, and every training session we're doing, it, you know, it's to get faster on race day, of course, but it's to become as fast as we can aerobically. So um, having that aerobic, um, developing that aerobic engine is absolutely the key for, for any triathlon race, whether you're doing super sprints or through to Ironman, you've got to create that aerobic base, that aerobic foundation. And then from there, you can build on that. So if you're doing... Um, um, one of your intervals. So let, let's say you let's say you're doing ten times one minute fast, one minute easy, in in that interval. Well, the purpose for that is you know to to become more efficient, to to get faster. So when you run aerobically, you'll 
trying to run fast aerobically so your heart rate's lower and you can just sustain that higher effort through throughout the race that that's kind of all we're, we're trying to achieve that becomes wildly 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 more important when we're talking iron man becoming aerobically efficient is so more so much more important at at Ironman than super sprint distance triathlons or Olympic distance triathlons. You can kind of muscle your way through all that. Um, but to get the most out of it, you've got to develop that aerobic engine. You have to. Um, it, it, everything's built on that. So it's based around that. So you've got to develop that. Um, so all your, you know, have I got a, a training plan? You can run off the template. Um, if if it was me, doing focusing purely on um, sprint distance tri triathlons, Olympic distance triathlons, I would adopt um, the Darren Smith method. That oh, it's an eight day method. It's an eight day system. He does. Um, it's on my it's on my website. I'll type it in as we're going, so I can train smooth com um he, he to me he's one of the best um short distance triathlon coaches um in the world he's uh, articles i'm just typing typing i can't do two things at once uh darren smith darren smith where are you buddy do, 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 do. i know this is a great podcast uh, there he is, Darren Smith. So he he's broken um a white he had in the 2012 Olympics he had um six different uh, what did he have six different triathletes from six different countries competing in that. So we basically what he does is day one is a speed day, day two is a strength day, day three is an aerobic day, day four is an active recovery day, day five is a speed day. Day six is an aerobic day. Day seven is a speed day. Day eight is an active recovery day, and and it gives you. Um, and I've got. I didn't realize I had all this. Uh, I should really really read all my um, <laughs> articles I post on here. So it has a strength program that he he does. It has some his concepts that he he does. So after his long run, he likes his long, um, triathletes when they're doing long runs to do it in the uh, like trails or so. And then after certain hard runs, he'll make them um, shut their eyes and stand on one foot for balance. But I'd be more adopting his his sort of system. Of um, I've got what the Norwegians do uh, do their little four day cycle. There's no point also if there's no point adding a ton of intensity if you can't consistently do it week in week out month in month out year in year out um so to speak <laughs> um exaggerated slightly but you you if you break down or you can't you do a week's worth of hard training and then all of a sudden you're finding yourself three days in the dunny doing nothing and and then straight back into another couple of hard days and then on the couch for a week and or because you're injured or whatever it's um you've got to take a few few step backs uh, back there but you, but doing something like um for, you know for a speed speed you can do double speed days you know a hard session on the bike hard session on the um track run um 
it, it, strength day it doesn't need to be in the gym it could be um slow gears on the bike it could be running up hills paddles in the pool um aerobic day you, i would be more leaning towards um heart rate training for that side of thing just to keep it very controlled and then you can talking about heart rate training um i know for myself i've always um in recent years since having my stride power meter i've done just about most of my running on the using watts but I, I must say, I, I only use my power meter one day, one run session a week these days, and the rest is all heart rate. And it's it's funny um, if you know I'm doing math, mostly math running, except for that one session a week. It, it's it's well, it works out to be math. Um, if um, so at the moment my math pace on on the flats is somewhere around the f um just a little slower than five minute k pace now which is really cool because i think six months ago it was 545 pace so it, it, she's dropped um if i'm so if I, so if i'm have a you know a couple of weeks off and i start running you know 505 pace because that's what I thought my math heart rate would be. You know, that's my math pace. That pace, my heart rate's probably going to skyrocket because I'm not anywhere near aerobically as fit fit as that. So that's why um, I don't. My, I, I enjoy doing the heart rate training on every run except for one, except for my faster runs. But, but having said that, I'm, I'm going off on a side tangent here. I have noticed that my power control sucks balls since I've been doing that, so that's something I've got to keep an eye on. But anyway, um, I'm not. A, I know I'm not answering your question here, but I would. Um, I would also add it as um, the more volume you have, the less intensity you can put into it, and the the less of the less of the volume, the more intensity you can add into it. But you, it's a, it's not a lot of people can handle that high intensity unless they've got um, a, years of um, continuous training behind them. Um, so I'd be very wary on that, and because um, you could be just digging yourself a pretty big hole otherwise. But. All the best, uh, but check out check out the Transmove site. There is a lot of cool stuff on that with um, what certain athletes are doing, um, have done in their training session. Also, um, yeah, uh, that's what kind of where I'd be knocking around at. If you guys have any other questions, jump on through to the website, trainsmooth.com. Until next episode, hooroo.